Hi, my name is Ulf Dirklund. Welcome to The Passionate Producers. Episode 3, Lizzie Shannon. Today's guest, Lizzie Shannon, is a multifaceted, best-selling author and editor from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and currently living just around the corner from me in Sherwood, Oregon. Her published works span many genres, including science fiction, Celtic nonfiction, fantasy, screenplays, and stage plays. Her latest book, A Song of Bullets, the seventh by my count, takes place in Belfast in the 70s and is based on true events in her own life. And apparently she has some serious issues with search engines. You know, Google scares the crap out of me already. I don't want to have that <laughs> power. <laughs> oh, okay, that's quite a line. Google scares the crap out of me, says Lizzie Shannon, famous Irish author. What is next? We don't know. I, I could tell you a lot of things that scare the crap out of me. <laughs> this is going to be a podcast about things that scares the crap out of Lizzie Shannon. <laughs> and she will be telling it all in Irish. <laughs> Do you actually speak Irish? <laughs> oh, okay. Do you know what Pope Mahone means? I don't know anything. It means kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that a common expression in Belfast? Yes. It is. It sounds like it would be. I used to torture my uh, friends when I first came to the States. If they were going to visit Ireland, they'd say, well, you know, what sort of phrases could you give me, you know? <laughs> That, that could introduce me. I said, oh, yeah, well, say Pope Mahone. That's a very nice greeting. Yes, and they, that's what you said. They did, but of course the people loved it. <laughs> you never ask a person that. I mean, people ask me the same thing in Swedish, and I just put a big grin on and just tell them the worst thing I can in Swedish. They wouldn't know. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, that's what you do. Of course you do. So are you one of those people who have always wanted to be a writer? No, my ambition was to be an actress. Okay. That all came from a book by Lorna Hill written in the 50s called A Dream of Sadler's Wells. She wanted to be a ballet dancer. I wanted to be an actress. Okay. What I didn't realize was I was in love with the actual writing of that ah. story, not not the fact that I wanted to act it. And it took me a while to work that out. Well, that's interesting because you the reason you fell in love was the writing was so good that it drew you right in. So she could have been writing about, you know, I don't know making diapers in a diaper factory and you would have gone oh i want to do that <laughs> i mean no no okay, no no okay but it was well written so the writing itself attracted you but you couldn't figure it out that right away it took you a little while yes and it was written in the first person so it was almost like a diary mm -hmm. so it felt real and the thoughts that this that her character had were all my thoughts about oh yeah i want to be i want to be an actress i want to be famous those stupid things, you know, what you do when you're young. Well, yeah, yeah. And do you have any of your writings from when you were young? I do, and they're so embarrassing. Well, do you, <laughs> do you share? You know, the people do this. They actually have readings from diaries in front of an audience to go up and read from their diary. I don't know why no. you would put yourself through that, but I guess if you're a strong enough person, because um, I had tons of diaries too, tons Oh, I just, I cringe every time. I want to burn them, but then I think it's my history, so i got to read it. So. Oh, well, I've now burned all of mine because they were so filled with teenage angst. Oh, yes, I know, I know. 
But, uh, but I kept some of their silly compositions and things I did for school, yes. and they cracked me up. Okay. I would enjoy reading those and making people laugh. <laughs> did you use some of your ideas from when you were young for, for your writing? Were the thoughts or characters or situations that were so vivid in your mind, they stuck with you and you ended up using them, not maybe even without knowing it? Maybe to an extent in my latest book, Song of Bullets, uh -huh. uh, my, my character had to, to dig back to when I was a teenager and try and remember some of the angst that she uh -huh. would go through. Uh -huh. I, I guess from that point, yeah. Well, I haven't read much, but I heard you reading it as we were working on the audiobook, and it struck me from the very beginning, I really thought this was about you. I thought, oh, maybe this is Lizzie's you know, autobiography. She's talking about her. Then I realized it wasn't. So, see, that, 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 is, that is good writing. But that has to do with research too, right? You have to do a lot yeah. of research. I always hear people saying you've got to write about what you know. Yeah, and, and you can often start out writing about yourself and then it will morph into something else because initially that book was an exercise in exorcism. I had taken a screenwriting class and the teacher said, pick a subject that you know well and start writing a scene. And I thought, oh, right, I know. And I talked about this bomb that went off in Belfast when I lived there. Uh -huh. And it, it started off, it was painful and really difficult to write. And then once I got into the way of it and started exaggerating and turning it into a story, then it, it took on a life of its own. What was your very first story that you actually published? Uh, you know, I think it actually was... Um, Souls, and it wasn't that long ago. It was only about 2009 or 10. Wow. It was a short story about a, an Irish wolf. And oh, it was okay. uh, Navin's Hound, and it was included in Wolf Songs, which is an anthology that's out there at the moment. Wow. So I, did, I never really seriously wrote anything until I uh, wrote my first book, Tempest Grace. Another rather embarrassing thing that's thankfully oh, out of print now. It's out of print. Okay. <laughs> so... How do you plan your books? Every, everything except um, Song of Bullets, I didn't plan. I just started writing. Okay. A lot I, of heavy editing afterwards? Yes. And, and a bit, there's that muddle in the middle business that you get when you don't plan. Mm -hmm. But with Song of Bullets, it, it has started out as a screenplay. So it did have a format ah. and it was much easier to follow. So I think in future I will try and get a, some kind of format together, beginning, middle, end, and at least an idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then it, you can keep within that time frame get it done and get it edited well you, you learn after your first book don't you and after your second how to write the technique you what do. works best for you yeah and t time twist had six timelines initially wow interweaving and overlapping Ooh. and i had to cut down to three and it was still complicated yeah i can see that i can see that you get carried away and then you don't know how to stop it how do you get inspiration once you started with a book is it like a train going down a track and it won't stop until it's until it's done or do you stop yes. for months or you don't okay so you keep going yes uh, and if you hear a strange noise my cat has come in to join in the conversation ah <laughs> the inspiration from the cat the distraction <laughs> so and especially i take it that with song of bullets because it was a screenplay that made it easier for you you had the outline I mean, you kind of knew where it was heading, so you had a beginning yeah. and an end, and then you could fill in everything in the middle. That's right. Um, of course, it, it changed radically as I wrote the book. It, <laughs> do you want me to put him out the room? You can no, hear him. Uh, I don't care. That's fine. 
<laughs> so th this is an experience many authors have told me. I don't know a lot, but I know a few, and I've heard them writing and people, even with screenplays, that the characters take on a life of their own and you are no longer in control. And That's I must so true. admit, that actually happened even with the short story I wrote. And to me, it's something magical. It happens with anyone who seriously consider another person in another situation. I think it just happens. And I find it a little freaky, frankly, because I found mm. even with my short story that I couldn't change it. Once I, that guy was there, he had to do what he had to do. And I just tagged along and wrote down what he did. Do you find that true for you? Very true. And that shows you actually are a writer. You definitely explore doing more. Yeah, yeah, I should. I mean, I like writing. But back to you. Uh, do you think that that's true for every writer? That you are kind of taken on a journey and you're not quite sure what's going on? Or is that just something that happens when you start writing and as you become more mature, you take over the situation and say, no, no, you're not doing this, you're doing that. Or you try to guide your characters in a direction before they go off the rail completely. Well, you can try to guide them. More often than not, they'll go off the rail and you go with them and maybe compromise somewhere along the way. But whatever it is that has gone run off riot with you is the right way usually because they've come to life in your heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is, I have found, being a sensitive question for every author. Do you have an outside person that edits or reads your story that you have given the permission to tell you what they don't like or what you should change? Oh, absolutely. You mm -hmm. need to have people mm -hmm. like that. My publishing house has got uh, right. several editors and we run it through about four or five of different types, copy editing, content, that sort of thing. And is that a learning process to trust? I guess you have to go back in your memory all the way back to 2009 or whenever. When, when you were new and someone says, yeah, this doesn't work. This doesn't make sense. I think you should change this. Is that something now you can say, yeah, sure, that makes sense? Or would you get a little bristly and thinking, ah, I wrote this thing? Absolutely not. I always knew I needed help. I, you know, I'm, I don't even presume to know what I'm doing half the time. So I want someone who knows what they're doing to advise me. Mm -hmm. uh, in many ways, I wish I had actually got that kind of feedback back in 2009. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. So I, I was never 100% happy with my science fiction. And one day we'll revisit it and fix what I wasn't happy with. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a measure of maturity, isn't it? I mean, you started writing as a serious author in your later years, um, and you had hopefully people you could trust around you that you knew. They weren't slamming you. They, they were liking it enough that they had some ideas how it could be better. Yes, and of course, they're, they're hired people. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, yes. not, and so That's I, true. Once That's again, true. it's not personal. Right, right. And that makes it so much easier, right? Yes. <laughs> so, but speaking of which, do you get any fan mail or reviews of people who really didn't like what you wrote or didn't like some or say, I like this part, but I didn't like it when she did this or this was badly constructed or how do you take that? I assume you must get some of that. Sometimes, actually, for instance, a Celtic yearbook, which is a nonfiction conglomeration of Irish sayings, all sorts of things from the, the past. Somebody wrote a review on that. So I didn't know who it was on Amazon. And they said it was, uh, the spelling was bad, it was stilted and dead. And I thought, oh, okay, well, let me go and look at that and see what did he mean. Well, there wasn't a single bad spelling in it, so I'm, I'm entirely not sure what. Hmm. No, so I did look, but I, mean, I was just certainly open-minded, and if I had found anything, I would have fixed it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I think the problem lies with the fact that it's I, I have an American publisher and everything's written oh. in American spelling. Yes, yes. I think some people don't realize that. So I need to actually start writing a something at the beginning saying, okay, this my publisher's in America, this is written yes. American spelling. It, know, it, so. that, that seems kind of basic, but I guess if they find the book online or they don't know the background, they just assume you live in Ireland and I, I don't know. Yes. Okay, yeah. so what authors influenced you? Or are influencing you now? Is there one or two that stand out like, wow, I couldn't have done this without them? Yes. Anne McCaffrey. Oh, I yeah, couldn't yeah. have written anything but for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and another writer I adore is Irene Radford. And she's actually become a friend of mine. So that, oh. uh, But I scored her writing before she became a friend. And Diana Gabaldon. She wrote the Outlander series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, these are interesting. Just with these authors you met, well, I don't know about the middle person, but the first and the last, I would put them somewhere in the, at least Caffrey f as, a, as a fantasy writer. And your, your sci-fi book, I would call hard sci-fi, right? I mean, it's technical. Yeah. It is I complex. Think it's complex. <laughs> um, well, she, she wrote a lot of things like, uh, the Kilachandra Chronicles that and the Peace Chronicles—they were all sci-fi, mm -hmm. and that—that's what inspired me. Interesting. Okay, so you started then more or less as a sci-fi fantasy author, and now you are back in reality more or less. Would you say that Song of Bullets is a reality-based story, real facts and things? Things that, in fact, did happen. Right. Just about everything in the book is true, and a lot of it I experienced. But then, of course, you have to let the writer's mind expand and exaggerate in places to make it more entertaining. Mm -hmm. What Was that a story, a book, that you planned on? In your head, were you going to continue as a sci-fi author? Was this just sort of, boom, it came up from the left field? Because it started as a screenplay, and the screenplay started because... Because uh, I'm on the board of the Willamette Writers, and the president is a screenwriter, oh. and she gave me a scholarship for one of her very expensive but very wonderful courses. I see. Okay. So was it a practical question then? You can't write a sci-fi story for a screenplay that didn't that seem too ambitious, or it made more sense that you do dive back into your past? Well, here's the thing. I, I'm one of what you call a, a jack-of-all-trades, because... I haven't stuck to any one genre. Mm -hmm. I have a children's picture book out there that was bought by Turner Television and made into an animated series. Mm -hmm. I have uh, poetry, which I'll never admit to. <laughs> the sci-fi, what else have I got? The, then the non-fiction and then Irish anthologies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who knows what I'm going to write next? <laughs> it might be... Uh, well, I would say as an author, that's a laudable thing. But as a... Business person wouldn't be more practical to start with a series that you know are going to sell. Like you have that red-headed heroine, and she goes through like twenty-five books, and she has adventures. There's nothing wrong in that, right? Wouldn't that be a good business business strategy? And you're staying one. You know, you have followers that know what's going to happen next. So the next book they pick up isn't poetry or children's books. I, I'm saying I applaud you for doing what you want to do, but as a business strategy, is that something you have? you know, struggled with? Well, no, because once somebody finds something of yours that they like, they will look at all of your other books. But uh, yeah, absolutely. If if someone is, is a character stays with you and you want to write about them, absolutely write 25 books. In fact, it, uh, there will be another time twist eventually, uh -huh. another uh, mm -hmm. 
probably a sequel to the Song of Bullets, but I don't know which one's going to come first. So I assume then, because you've written so many books, you don't have a single character, but do you have other character traits, personalities that you see go through each of your book? You come back to the same type of person or same type of experience that, that you can relate to? Usually a strong female protagonist, mm-hmm. Spunky, it's been, she's been called. I think the same sort of character was in Time Twist, Tempest Raised, and in Song of Bullets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are you working on right now? Are you always working on a new project as soon as something is, you, you start a new one? Yes. Um, this is one I'm a little late on. My, it turns out my great uncle, I mean, I always, I always knew him, I'd met him, but I never realized that he was somebody so important in Ireland. He, in fact, was one of the people who planned the Easter Rising of 1916. And the only reason he uh, escaped execution afterward was that he had already broken the law and was in prison in England. So he he went on to create what they called the Free State. Mm -hmm. He became a member of Parliament. He was the only or one of the very few Ulster Protestants who ever went to the other side and who became a member of Parliament. So he had written three biographies, I guess, in Irish. So no one from my family or anybody who didn't speak Irish knew what he said or what his story was. Oh, fascinating. You have source material right there that you can just... Absolutely. So what what I've been doing is translating them literally to write his biography and hopefully get that out by summertime this year. I wanted it to come out last year for the 100th anniversary. I tried to get a professional translator, but couldn't. And that's why I took it upon myself. And I I don't know a word of Irish, or I didn't until I started this. Wow, so you had to learn Irish and written Irish too, which is uh, different from spoken, I assume. So you had to learn, wow, these are, I I assume, pretty massive projects. Yes, well, I, I, I can't really speak it. I can't really pronounce it properly, but that will come. Mm-hmm. But I could definitely read it now. Uh, and it's been like reading a bedtime story or having one read mm-hmm. to you. Because I don't, I, from word to word, I do not know what's coming next. So it's very exciting. Wow, fascinating. So you're still working in it. You haven't finished it. That's right. And, and I'm dying to write something else, but I've got to get this done first. And from this may come another screenplay based on his life. Um, but if not that, there's definitely going to be another book in the Song of Bullets kind of genre. We are looking forward to it. And I will ask you this. This will be my last questions. And I asked it for my friend who's author, also an author. How many books do you have in you? Oh, as many as you can possibly get out. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, that depends on the person, I, I guess. Some, somebody might have one tremendous book that will be good on in history as some great literary work. And someone else could have, um, like my friend Irene, she's got at least 30 books out there and still going. Well, I'm only asking because I, I'm, I'm afraid if, if I would ever start writing, <clears throat> I would only have one book and my, my publisher would say, when's the next one coming out? And I would say, oh, wait, wait. And I'll bring out my bottle of whiskey and I just sit and drink and crumple <laughs> up papers and, you know, weeks go by and they said, oh, the check has been cancelled. And so, but that's not going to happen to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, and it wouldn't happen to you either. You know, just don't worry about the expectations. Do what you want to do. It'll all follow. It'll all fall into place the way it's supposed to. And so says Lizzie Shannon. That was a great ending. The Passionate Producers podcast is released twice a month for your enjoyment. 
and show notes are found at ulfvo.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at ulfvo. You will find all the links in the show notes.